Hey, I'm so glad you're here. If you hang on just a moment, I will be right back and we will get right into the new episode. Thanks. Blessings to you and welcome to Walk in the Word. I'm your host, Robin, and I'm so glad you're here. I know I say that every time, but I really am glad that you have taken the time to stop by and just hear what I have to share with you. So it, it blesses me to know that you're listening and that you decided to take the time. So thank you so much for being here. I am grateful. And I hope that you are blessed by this. So I'm enjoying myself with these with these podcast episodes. I really am. I'm so grateful that God has has me on this path. So we are starting or we're going to be in Psalm 27. So if you're driving, please do not stop and pull over and pull your Bible out. But if you are sitting down and you have access to the word of God, just go ahead and pull that out. But I'm going to read it for you at any rate. So Psalm 27, 1 through 3. And I'm actually going to read, yeah, verses 1 through 3. And it's I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. And it reads like this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? When evildoers came against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. Wow. Just wow. This psalm, this is amazing. So Psalm 27, this is written by, was written by King David. And now I did a little research and some scholars are saying that he was writing this in the midst of um, some trouble he was experiencing. Some are saying that at the end, toward the end of his life, you know, when he was older and he was at rest, um, at rest from war and things like that. Uh, He was looking back over all that God has done for him. But wherever David was in this process of writing this, I'm encouraged. And I hope that you are too. Because what he is saying is that through all that he has been through, all of the drama and the attempted murders and the the, uh, rebellion and the, the rejection of his son, and not just rejection, but his son, one of his sons literally turned on him and tried, uh, attempted and did, you know, take the kingdom from David. So, I mean, and oh my gosh, David went through so much. Some of it was his own doing. Some of it was not, but all of it shaped who he became and it shaped his relationship with the Lord. So let's go a little deeper. So what he's saying in the Lord is my light. First of all, the Lord, um, that to me, this is the key part of the scripture, because if you don't know the Lord, then you can't say that he's all the other things. 
You can't say he's your light. He's your salvation. If you don't even know who he is. So David knew who the Lord was to him. And this shows that he had a personal relationship with the Lord. Because he says the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength or in the King James, the strength of my life. So when we're talking about the Lord, we're actually talking about a fortress. So David sees the Lord as a fortress. He sees him as someone who will keep him safe. David's testimony went back a whole lifetime from the time he was a boy shepherding the sheep in the field. He was a shepherd. He grew up learning how to take care of sheep. This is important because, all right, so back in the day, they didn't have flashlights, street lights, and all other kind of lights other than, um, you know, the kind that you light with a match or a candle kind of thing or a torch. And of course, they used oil back then. They didn't have matches. <laughs> so David spent days and hours out in the field, whether it was daytime or nighttime, without all the lighting, whether it was cold or hot, David was in the field tending sheep. And David had to protect those sheep. And later on in his life, when he's a little older and he goes to um, to the Israelites who are out in the battlefield, and I won't go into that, but he, he tells King Saul that while he was a shepherd, he protected his sheep from the lion and the bears. And he killed them with his own bare hands. So David, while he was protecting his sheep, he wasn't just out there lollygagging and oh, la 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 and you know playing his harp. Yes, he was doing that sometimes, ministering to the Lord. But he was on the watch, and he had to depend on God to help him take care of the sheep. So he learned that God was his protector. Listen, a boy. He told, David told King Saul that he killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. Where did that strength come from? Where did the courage come from? It had to come from the Lord. So David learned that God was his strength, that God was his fortress, that the Lord was with him at all times as a boy. He learned that God, that the Lord was his strength. He learned that that the Lord was a righteous judge because later on in life, David made a fatal, he made a terrible, uh, committed a terrible sin. I will not say mistake because David knew what he was doing when he committed adultery with Bathsheba. It was not a mistake. It was not a thing that happened. It was sin. And David realized this and he realized that God was his judge, but God will judge righteously. And that's what he did. And even though it was hard, a terrible time in David's life and in the life of his family, 
He knew that when God judged, he judged righteously. He knew that God would fight for him. David was running from for his life, and this is at different periods of his life. He was running for his life from the very one who brought him into his home to minister music to him. He had to run for his life from King Saul because the spirit of jealousy and torment would come upon King Saul. And he was jealous of David and he would pursue him. He pursued him to take his life and David had to run and give up everything and he had run and hide in caves and David had the opportunity to exact vengeance, execute vengeance on King Saul, but he didn't because he knew that God's anointed, that Saul was God's anointed. So David trusted God. He believed God. He knew that the Lord was his best friend, his greatest protector. He knew that the Lord was his shield. He knew that the Lord, this is the very first thing that came to my mind when I asked the Lord, you know, who were you to David? And one of the things he was, the first thing that came to my mind was he was a good, good father. We know that song, uh, some of us, good, good father. Look it up if you don't know. It's a beautiful song, a testament to the Lord being the best father. So he tells David, I'm sorry, uh, the Lord says that to David, he was a good, good father. When David was running for his life, when David was seeking instruction and guidance and counsel on whether or not to um, pursue the enemy that had come in and taken their wives his, his men, their wives and their children and destroyed everything, set it on fire. David said, Lord, should we pursue? He had to trust this good father that he would take care of him and his men and the women and the children. He had to trust that this father would provide what he needed when he was out in the wilderness running for his life. He had to trust that God would show him where to get food, where to find shelter, where to be safe. And that's how he could say, Lord, you are the strength of my life. That's how he could say, you are the stronghold of my life. The enemy cannot. When the enemy rises up against me, Lord, you are the strength. You put the stronghold around me. You are my fortress. And in you, I can hide because you will protect me. When they come up against me, When the enemy comes in and they try to lay their hands on me, Lord, your angelic host is a shield about me. You are my shelter. They will stumble and fall. God will fight my battles. He knew who the Lord was. Another word, the Hebrew for Lord is Maoz, M-A-O-Z, refuge, harbor. The Lord was his safe harbor, his refuge. He knew as the Lord being his light that he was 
that the Lord was David's source of wisdom and guidance. He was David's counselor. You know, in Isaiah, Isaiah proclaims that the Lord would be a mighty counselor, a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, a prince of peace. As the the light of David, I'm sorry, as David recognized the Lord as his light, he was saying, God fights for me. He shows me the way. And remember that song, Bridge Over Troubled Water? Wow. The Lord was David's bridge over troubled water. He was the light in the dark times of David's life. He led David and he guided him. So David had a lifetime, a lifetime to be able to pen this song. Let's go back to it. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord saved him from some stuff, y'all. Listen, has the Lord been a light in your life? Do you know him? In what ways? Take some time. Think about it. In what ways do you know him? How has God been your Lord? How do you know him? You know, Lord also means that this, that he is in charge of your life. That you have allowed him to be the authority over your life. So in what ways has God blessed you? In what ways has he protected you? In what ways has he been your light? In what ways has he saved you? In addition to being your savior, the one who saved you from sin. The one who has saved you from an eternal damnation. In what other ways has the Lord come in to rescue you and to pull you out of some things? Even things that you got yourself into. Because I'm telling you, I got myself into some stuff. And I remember several times, many times, more than I can even count. But I remember specific times where I got myself into some stuff. I knew there was no way I could get myself out. And I remember the times. I remember the day. I remember where I was at the instant where I said, Lord, I made a mess. I got myself into this and there is no way I can get myself out. And I need your mercy and I need your grace. First of all, I repented. That was the first thing I did because I had to acknowledge the Lord had to open my eyes because one time I did not even realize how deep I was into that mess. I thought I was all right. But when the Lord opened my eyes, oh my God, when he opened my eyes and and showed me the impact that my sin had, the far-reaching impact, I had no other choice but to repent, to cry out to God, to get me out. And get me out, he did. Oh, it was tough. But the Lord delivered me 
And yes, there were repercussions. And yes, it took some time for healing, deliverance, freedom. Oh my God, but it was worth every moment of the struggle. Let me tell you. So so what has God done for you? <laughs> Ooh, you know that song uh, that has, what have you done for me lately? Come on. L- there's some testimonies that are that I know that you have. That y'all have some testimonies of what God has done for you. Listen, even when you didn't even know him, if you look back, there's some things that God did for you that you know. You can only attribute to the hand of God when you wasn't even thinking about him. I know for me. So (laughs) come on with it. And by the way, let me take a a little station break right here. Uh, If you are listening on, I think it's... uh, If you are listening to this podcast on Anchor, you actually have an opportunity to leave voice messages for me to kind of, you know, give me your feedback or questions or whatever. And if you look on Anchor and go into community, I think there's a place where you can uh, do a voice message. I'm not sure what pops up on your end, but you can do that. And you can also, I, I usually ask questions um, of the listeners. And if you go into the community part of the podcast, you can see the question and you can actually respond. So station break over. All right. So, um, let's go back to the word. So the Lord is a stronghold. We talked about that of my life. And again, this, my, my, my means David was talking in a personal way. So we have to know that this personal relationship with God that we have, it is amazing. And we have such a blessed opportunity to take that deeper. You know, like when you have a personal relationship with a person, with with an actual person, uh, a physical person, because the Holy Spirit is a person. But I'm talking about a family member, you know, a spouse or a, a friend, a, a child, a, a sibling. You have a personal relationship with them and it goes deeper. The longer you have time and get to know them and they get to know you, it goes deeper, right? So David had this deeper relationship and that builds over time and it builds with time spent, quality time spent. So he says, the Lord is a stronghold of my life. Oh, wait a minute. And then he says, whom should I fear? What, what do I need to be afraid? Who do I need to be afraid of? When the Lord, now we talked about who the Lord was to David and who he is to you. When you start thinking about that and you start taking that to heart and, and then David says, look, wait, hold up, y'all. If the Lord is the stronghold of my life and he is, if he's my light and he is, he's my salvation and he is, he's a strength, my protector, my shield, my strong tower surrounding me, protecting me, keeping me, sheltering me, providing for me, wait a minute, healing me, then what man, what woman, what idea, what system, what spirit do I need to be afraid of? God has me. God, the Lord. Wow. So this is not, I should fear. No, he's saying, no, no, no. I got it all, baby. I got it all. I got the Lord. The Lord is on my side. Now, when you don't have the Lord on your side, you got something to fear him. 
But when the Lord is on our side, we have everything we need. So he is like, I'm not afraid of any man. And this is something that David learned over time. He learned each time the Lord stepped in. It was like, whoa. And then he got to the point where it's like, yeah, I got this. Because it's not me. It's God. He's the one who fights my battles. Yes, indeed. So when evildoers, he, he's testifying here. When evildoers came against me to devour, and they came against him to devour his flesh now, his foes, his enemies, they stumbled and they fell. Why did they stumble and fall? Because it wasn't David. It was the Lord fighting his battles. Now, I'm not saying David didn't have to fight because David did, but he knew that the Lord went before him. He knew it was the strength of the Lord. Though an army, verse 3, deploys against me, or in the King James, though there is an army that is encamped or surrounding me, my heart will not be afraid. What? Elisha. Ask the Lord to open the eyes of his servant. Because Elisha knew that he was surrounded by a chariot, by an army, by chariots of fire, by an angelic hosts. But his servant couldn't see. And they were surrounded by a natural army. But in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm, they were surrounded by chariots of fire, by, by all of this host of God's armies. And the servant needed to see. So when God opened the servant's eyes, he saw the chariots of fire. So he knew that there were more for them than were against them. And that's what David knew. He saw in the spirit that it was always God and it was always his army. It was always the hosts that were with him, that were protecting him and covering him. And we have that people. We, we have that, my friends. We have the army of God always at our, I'm not going to say at our command, but at God's command, he can and he does release his angelic host to cover us as we follow him. As we surrender our lives to him, as we trust him. And God knows that we're human and we're frail in the area of trust and fear. And so each time that we need him to show us that we can trust him, he does show up. And each time our strength in in him, our faith and our trust in him is built up and does increase as David's did. So for instance, there's a time when you need God to show up because you're fearful that something will get paid or you're fearful that a family member um, will be overtaken by an illness But God shows up and he heals them or he provides for you so that that bill can be paid. 
Well, your faith increases and your trust. So when you get uh, confronted by another situation, you can look back and you can see what God has done in your past. And you can say, oh, yes, God did it for me then. He will do it again. So you have testimonies over testimonies over testimonies over testimonies. And you get to the place where nothing that happens to you or against you or someone you love can shake your trust. Oh, oh, you may, yeah, you may get a little shaky, but you have all this history with God. (laughs) Oh, you have all this history that he has never forsaken you, that he has never failed you, that he's never left you, that he's always provided, that he's always stepped in. That he's always healed you from grief. That he's always been by your side. Though an army encamps against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though war breaks out. Now the army is standing there, ready to pounce. But he says, when war breaks out, that's when the army has launched its attack and is coming full force against you and me. What does David say? I will still be confident. My trust is in the Lord who is ever so faithful to take care of me and everything that concerns me. So, Just know that God has you. Let him be your light, your salvation. Let him be the stronghold of your life. Be confident in him. Be confident. Trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in every way, in all of your ways. And he shall direct, he shall be the light. And he shall direct your paths. He shall cut a highway where there is no way. He's going to make a way for you and for me. Believe that. Trust him. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And I pray that you have been blessed by this message. Feel free to share, like, subscribe, comment, leave a voice message if you're on Anchor. Father, I just thank you for your word again. Thank you. For these psalmists, these these ones who who you moved to pen these words and uh, from their own life experiences. Thank you, Lord, for letting us know that trouble will come. Trouble may come. Trouble, let me correct that. Trouble does come and it will come. But our confidence is in you. Our trust is absolutely in you. So I pray, Lord, that as we experience trials and troubles and you know, the things of life, that we 
our trust in you is built up. And I pray, God, that we can look back over the things that you have done and use those testimonies to strengthen the faith that we have in you for the current time and the times to come. Lord, bless the hearers. Bless the listeners, oh God. Touch them. And I pray that they've been encouraged. I ask you to keep them, cover them with the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. See you next week. I have got some really good news for you. Hang on. I'll be right back. Blessings to you and welcome to Walk in the Word. I am your host, Robin Boone. And yes, I am so glad that you stopped by. I pray that what I have to share with you will be a blessing to you. So I'm going to start out in prayer this time. Father, I thank you for the listener. I praise you for their decision to stop by and listen. And God, I just pray that their soul would be blessed, that they would be encouraged, that they would be challenged in their faith. And uh, I just pray that you use me for your glory and for your honor and help me, Lord, to express your heart through my experiences and most of all, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get started. The title of this episode is Freedom from Fear, Good News. I know in the intro I said I have some good news, and I really do. Uh-oh, I just dropped my notebook. Hold on a second. All right, so we are actually coming from 1 Peter. We're going to start there. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And listen, y'all, you may already know this, but this was a revelation to me today as I'm recording this, or excuse me, just before I recorded it, I looked at it again and I read it in the context, in its context. I was like, oh, how did I miss that? But anyway, revelation is good. So first Peter five, seven, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I'm in the new King James version. Um, No, I'm actually NIV. So it's actually cast all your cares on him because he careth for you. So first of all, I want to share with you that this chapter was written by Peter and it was written to the elders, to the leaders of the churches and the young men. So, excuse me. So, Peter is going through um, how they should carry themselves, how they should shepherd God's flock, how, you know, just reminding them that they are overseers of the people of God, of God's flock, and they need to take care of them. But what he's also saying to them is to be examples and um, be, you know, to the young men, be submissive to those who are older. And then he talks about clothing yourselves in humility. He's telling the leaders, listen, he is telling the leaders of the church to humble themselves. Now this word is for everyone, but specifically Peter was telling the leaders to humble themselves. How many know, and I am not here to bash leadership or the church because the church was established 
by Jesus Christ upon his blood, his death, burial, and resurrection. So I will not bash the church because we are the body of Christ. But how many know that we as leaders can get the big head at times? We can get to the place where we just have so many people or so few people under our leadership. And we could take that and run with it and be like, oh, you know, I got these people under me and they do what I say and and they bow to me and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, no, we are to submit ourselves and humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. So anyway, I wanted to get that uh, the, the context of this is he is talking to leadership and he's saying, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand and God will exalt. See, this is the thing. God will exalt the leader in his time and due season. God will do the work as long as we stay humble and under God's mighty hand. And then what he says, and this shows his care and his love for the leadership, because if the leadership of the church is not in the right place of humility, then where do the people of God go who are following the leaders? So he's telling them, humble yourselves. And this is how you do it. You cast all of your cares on the Lord. You take everything that you're concerned about, all of the cares of leadership, all of the burdens that can come or that do come because you're carrying the load of all these people who are looking to you for leadership. You are taking those cares and not only those cares, but you're taking the cares of your own life, of your own family, of your own heart, and you're casting them upon me so you can be more effective. That is amazing. So God is saying, cast leaders, young men, take these cares that you have and cast them because the Lord cares for you. And so I just stopped by here today, you know, not necessarily to talk to leaders, but I wanted to to share this in its proper context. This word is for us because also we find that in Psalm 55, 22, which was written to everybody, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. And you know what I thought about when um, I, this scripture, the, 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 what I thought about was this, you know how you have a trash can in your home And you throw the scraps in it, you throw the trash, you know, the paper wrappings from your food packages and, you know, whatever else you throw in your trash can, whether it's in the bathroom or, you know, in your bedroom or in the kitchen or wherever else you have trash can. You take all of that. As a matter of fact, it's trash day and I need to get the trash out. (laughs) All right. Anyway, back to it. So you take the trash and then you put it. God, this is bringing me to tears. You take that trash, 
all of the things in your life that mean you no good, all of the thoughts, all of the cares, all of the concerns. Now, I'm not saying that those are trash because we are concerned about valuable things, things that that really touch our hearts. We're concerned about our children. We're concerned about our job. We're concerned about how our children will turn out. We're concerned about our spouses. We're concerned about our friends, our families, our parents, siblings, all of that. We're concerned about friends. We're concerned about neighborhoods and communities and governments. We're concerned about our nation, our world, all of these things we are concerned about that are valid concerns. However, God is telling us to take those things, put them in the trash can, wrap them up, wrap them up and discard them. So when I take my trash to the trash can and I roll that that uh, trash can out to the curb of, of my property. I take it back. I take it out there. And the trash truck rolls around and the men get out and they take it and they put it in the trash truck. I'm not going to see that trash again. This is the trash truck. This is not the recycling bin. This is not, I will see it in another bottle in a store, a bottle of water. I'll see a recycled bottle. No, this is, I will never see that. I better not ever see that trash again. It is gone. It goes to the incinerator. Never again will I see that. And that is what we do when we cast our cares, our anxieties, our concerns, our struggles, our grief, our heartache, and we take it and we put it in the hands of God. We put it in his hands because we have to know that he cares for us. If we don't know him, And I mentioned this in the last podcast, in the last episode. If we don't know him, we won't know that he cares for us. If we don't get to know this God, this creator, this one who formed us in our mother's womb, this one who gave us life, who breathed into us the breath of life. If we don't get to know this one who sacrificed his only son on the cross for us, raised him up from the dead. If we don't get to know him, then we won't know that we, that he's trustworthy, that we can take everything and we can throw it on him. We can cast it as, as a fisherman does when he gets to that shoreline or when he's on that uh, fishing boat and he casts that line out And he cast it out as far as it can possibly go. We are casting it. We're casting that just as that trash, uh, as that um, worker cast that trash. Sometimes they take bags and they, and they, I've, I've seen them, you know, been behind them and had to stop and slow down, you know, and watch them take bags and just take them and use all their muscles and take it and cast those bags into the back of that trash truck, never to be seen again. That's how we are to take those things that trouble us and give them to God. How do we do it? We must go to him in prayer. Look, if your prayer is writing in your journal, because I have journals, 
whoo, that had some prayers that I couldn't even get out of my mouth. But that pen, I got that pen to writing and that ink was flowing and the tears were falling and my journals express the concerns and the fears and the troubles and the grief and the heartache. If that's how you have to cast them onto the Lord, then write, my friend, write. If you have to get in your room wherever that room is, and you have to cry out to God and you have to let those tears fall and you have to say, Lord, take this child. I give them over to you. I release them into your care. Lord, take this heartache, this grief, this loss. I give it to you. I give it to you, Lord. Not that we don't have to experience the grief, the loss, the struggle, the heartache. Not that we don't have to experience them. But when we cast them, we know that he's helping us to carry the burden of it all. His burden is light. His yoke is easy. So that it's not too much. So that we don't bow out of life under the weight of the grief and the sorrow and the burdens and the cares and the concerns and the anxiety. So we don't check out of life. And when we find that we cast those cares upon him, if we have really checked out, if you're at the place where you have checked out, you're done. Lord, I I can't take anymore. I'm out. Give him one more chance. Give him another chance. Truly get before the Lord. Whatever that looks like to you, get before the Lord. And tell him all about it. Tell him how you feel. If you're angry at him for taking the loved one, look, look, please don't be religious, okay? If you are angry at God, Look, God can handle your anger. Who can't handle your, who cannot handle your anger are your loved ones and your coworkers and your friends and your neighbor and your neighbors. They can't handle your anger at God. So go to the one that you're angry with. Go to God and tell him that you're angry. That your, that, that your loved one is not here anymore for you to talk to. That you can't lay your hands on them. That you can't grab them and hug them. Tell God that you're angry. Tell God that you're hurt. Tell God that you're grieving. Tell God that your heart is broken. Tell God that he took them too soon. Tell God that the way he took them, you couldn't handle the tragedy of it. Tell the Lord all about it. He can handle it. He's God. He's bigger than all of that. And his love, God is love. He won't be angry at you. He'll receive all of it. He will. He will. will. I'm a witness. 
God will do it. And I know some of you listening are witnesses. Don't ever forget. God gives you testimonies over your life of what he has done, how he has lifted the other burdens. So when you're confronted with a greater burden and a greater grief, don't forget what he's done for you in the past. Cast all of your cares, all of your anxieties. Cast them upon the Lord, the Great One, the Wonderful Counselor. This does not mean, now I said Wonderful Counselor. Yes, he is. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes I found myself in a place where I'm like, God, you know what? I can't afford a counselor right now. So your word tells me that you are the Wonderful Counselor. That you're the mighty God, that you're the Prince of Peace. So right now, I need you to be that one for me. I need you to be my counselor. And my God, his counsel is like no other. And when I got to the place where I was able to afford a counselor, you best believe It was prayer before I got there. It was prayer while I was there. It was prayer that God would give that person wisdom and that he did. So whether, whatever means he gives, you have to start with him. You have to start with the Lord and casting them on him. And he will give you the wisdom and the instruction and the direction to know what the next step should be. But start there. Because no one, absolutely no one on this earth is designed to carry your burdens in their fullness. Your anger, your fear, your anxiety, your concerns, your love, your care, on and on. Those things that can trouble our hearts, those people <laughs> that can trouble our hearts, it's, it's, it's the Lord who can carry them. I mean, truly now, let me tell you something. He's the one who created them. He's the one. He's the one. So he knows exactly what to do. He knows exactly what to move around and shift around. And oh man, he knows. Know that he knows you and that he cares so much for you. This God is love. Take it all, all of it, and cast it on him. Don't forget this message. If you have time once we're done, then take that time. I'm certain that he's brought some things up in your heart and your mind that maybe you need to cast upon him. Go ahead and do that. And if you don't have time right now, make sure you remember. I'm praying that even the Holy Spirit would bring this word, this message to your remembrance 
And Father, I'm asking you to give them, give the listener a space and time where they can allow your spirit to examine them, oh God, and those who already have remembered some things that they need to cast upon you or they're in the depths of despair right now I ask you Lord to help them teach them bring them show them how to cast the cares on you and then father I'm asking you to show them the next steps if they need to talk to someone Lord I pray that you would put that person in their minds don't let them go to anyone who is not going to be a blessing and a help to them oh God I ask you in Jesus name to lead and guide and direct them and father if they don't even know you as their Lord or if they are not familiar with you even as a believer bring them to the next level bring them into salvation and those who are saved bring them into a greater knowledge of you and of your love for them because it is amazing and beyond description have your way in their lives and in my life God in my life I pray your blessings upon the listeners Lord I thank you for them I thank you for each one who has taken the time to listen to this all the way through, or even a part of it, God. I believe you have given them just what they need for this moment that they're in. So I give you praise. I give you glory, honor. You are the great God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I do pray that you would share this message with someone you know will be blessed by it. Also, uh, I, I did mention last episode that you could only leave comments or questions in the Anchor if you're listening on the Anchor platform, but you can also do that if you're on the Spotify platform because Spotify owns Anchor. Uh, okay, so feel free to send me a question, a comment. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. You can also email me at walkinthewordwithrobin at gmail.com. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.